We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sarah, the Ravens are continuing their search to bolster the pass rush unit. They've scheduled three different free agents to come in for official visits. And Bobby, the latest visit, it comes Tuesday with former number one overall pick Jadavian Clowney. So we'll discuss how he stacks up against other potential free agent signings and how he could fit into Mike McDonald's defense. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. It is Wednesday, August 9th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, presented by this episode's monthly title sponsor, supporting us through Patreon, Tanner Mashburn. Well, once again, it is Odell Beckham Jr., who was the star of Ravens practice on Tuesday, making a circus catch in the end zone and also beating Marlon Humphrey for a 40-yard bomb. And then Lamar Jackson talked about how much he loves having OBJ on the team. Plus, John Harbaugh explained why he thinks J.K. Dobbins is nearing a return very soon. Cross your fingers. And Gus Edwards opens up about how grateful he is to the Ravens for sticking by his side through injury. Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, Bobby, here we are. The Ravens, they've been flirting. They've been flirting with a lot of potential free agents in the pass rush department. We saw Dwayne Smoot. He was, you know, reportedly scheduled for a visit, but then he ended up signing with the Jags, so that never came to fruition. Then there was... Kyle Vinoy, my guy at a BYU. And now it is 2014 number one overall pick in Jadavian Clowney. So it's clear the Ravens do want to bolster this young unit. Um, they also at the same time haven't been in a big rush. So let's dive in a little bit here with Clowney and what he could mean to the Ravens. So Clowney, he's somebody who, when the news came out, it was, by the way, it was uh, the Athletics' Jeff Zrebeck who broke that news in Baltimore and kind of getting a pulse of fans. It's not like too many people were super excited now that they were against it. My gut feeling is that it's, you know, it's because Clowney hasn't exactly reached that number one overall pick status. Um, and he's kind of had like a yo-yo career. It seems like some seasons, you know, he's, 
he's never quite hit double digit sacks, but he's been close a few times. So many times he's been around nine and then other years, like last year, there will be two. So he's kind of been up and down, but there is this potential because even though he's kind of had this yo-yo career, you always see flashes of that number one talent that that's just, just tantalizes. Right. And so there's kind of a thought, well, could a change of scenery kind of bolster things again for him, just like it did when he first went to the Cleveland Browns, that was kind of a resurgent year for him. So what are, what are kind of your thoughts? How would you feel about Clowney and being signed by the Ravens? Yeah. I mean, at the, you got to kind of sit here and think, well, gosh, we're taping this on the night of August 8th. So when you look around the market, you know, the free agent market at that position right now, it is somewhat slim picking. So, you know, what should our expectations be? What should the fan base's expectations be? They should be tempered. He, he turns 30 in February. Um, he, he really has, has struggled with finishing seasons. He's never played a full season throughout his career. We know that he has hopped around a little bit over the last several years. Cleveland over the last couple. Before that, he was in Tennessee during a pandemic season for that. Uh, 2019 in Seattle and then, you know, began his career and kind of established himself as a Houston Texan, as you noted. So, you know, I, I kind of liked our guy, Jason Smith's note here on Twitter. He quote tweeted X, I guess it is these days, but Jeff, you know, broke the news to your point and, and Jason from huddle it up films quote tweeted him with another indication that the Sam role and dropping into coverage is less important in Mike McDonald's defense. Clowney, as, as we know, is a strong side defensive end. The Ravens were probably not interested in Justin Houston, who we know is, is signing with the Carolina Panthers, and will let Owe and Ajabo rush the blind side. Clowney can set the edge slash push, push the pocket. I'll take it. I kind of like that from, from Jason. I think that's a level-headed take. Perhaps that's um, some, some insight into, well, clearly Jason's just giving his opinion on it, but wouldn't be surprised if that kind of aligns with what the organization is thinking at this point. And I don't know if this means that Van Noy is, is no longer, we know that he's passed the conditioning test on his own time, uh, you know, in, in his own facility or whatever, away from the Ravens facility. So we'll see on that w would be definitely curious knowing what Justin just got from Carolina, right? Six guaranteed up to potentially seven in, in incentives up, if I'm not mistaken with the Panthers. So that was a fair price. What will Clowney be? Um, not sure if I know those numbers. So what do you think? Yeah, so I definitely, I think there's a lot to like about Clowney. Again, it's all about what your expectations are. Obviously, the future is Ojabo and Odafe. Uh, it's still very, very unclear to me what is going on with Tyus Bowser. I don't know if he's got a more serious injury than maybe the Ravens are letting on. I mean, there just hasn't been a lot of questions about it, quite frankly, from the media. Um, or, or if there has, maybe, you know, I, I just don't recall um, John Harbaugh speaking to that. So that kind of has me like one eye over there. Like, should I be nervous about that? Is he going to miss any regular season time? So, so that's one thing, but, but what I do like about Clowney uh, is I really like his run defense. Um, I, I no longer have a subscription to PFF, so it's hard for me to get the, the updated numbers, but I know going into last year, uh, he graded like 91 um, as a, in a, as throughout his career in run defense, which ranked number five at his position since 2014. So really good there. Like Jason said in that tweet, we'll set the edge. 
I also like that he can kick it inside. Um, that can help, you know, give some versatility and some pass rush packages. Um, and like I said, maybe a, a change of scenery will get him back to that, you know, hey, maybe putting up around nine sacks. That would be a lot to ask. And I don't know that that's what the Ravens would expect, but it would be awesome if he went back to that. In terms of price, I also don't know the price. I was looking at a bunch of guys that have been signed recently. Um, you know, you had Houston, as you said, around $6 million. I was reading Jeff's article. He said the Ravens certainly were not willing to give Justin Houston that much. Yeah. I would think Clowney would want more than that. He's He had $11 million two years ago, then $10 million last year. Um, so so my kind of feeling is, you know, between because Vinoy is still out there too. So it's kind of like it seems like the Ravens are – obviously interested in both had both of them in for visits. Um, I kind of wonder if they're just going to take who's ever cheaper, you know, whoever's going to take the price tag that they want. You know what I mean? Because when you look at them, they are different players, but I don't know that like with what the Ravens need and the impact that they can have, I don't know that one is like completely better than the other. Do you know what I mean? So it's like maybe both these guys, they'd be happy with either one and they could, um, you know, tinker with their defense on each each of those guys. Vinoy is like this all-around guy, you know, that you can kind of put anywhere. And so maybe it's like, hey, we like both of these guys, and maybe by having both of them in for visits, that's putting pressure on one or the other to accept the deal, kind of like the way players do when they go and have visits with with several teams to try to drive up the price. The Ravens are having a few guys in to maybe drive down the price. Well, let's hope if, if it does end up being clowny or, you know, one or one or the other, and then let's say it, it ends up being clowny over Van Noy. Hopefully that tells you about the severity or lack thereof for Tyus Bowser's injury, right? Because clowny, or I, I should say, yeah, clowny cannot do what Bowser can in terms of the, you know, the, the versatility dropping of back. dropping back. Exactly. Yeah. In that Sam role that, that Jason was alluding to on that previous slide. Pedro Rorms, before we move on um, from Ravens Twitter, put together uh, some of Jadavian's 2022 grades in comparison with any player that was on Baltimore's defense last year. And here's where he would rank among the defense in these categories. He'd be fifth in run defense grade with a 74.3, third in tackling, 74.7, eighth in pass rush, 70 flat, sixth in defensive grade overall, 75-8, and 13th in snaps overall with 497. Again, that, all these numbers were a minimum. You had to have a minimum of 100 snaps. So, yeah, they're not going to pay crazy money. I just don't think they're going to pay money. To go back to what we were saying earlier, they're not going to pay what what Justin was trying to command. I'm sure the same could be said for Javian. I mean, Justin had a bet, better year than Javian yeah. did last year. So... If he's coming in at six, granted Carolina was willing to do it. Yeah, you can't think that that Javian's going to be anywhere near, anywhere close to six million guaranteed. Well, and the other thing to just kind of like that I kind of have filed away is just the way things ended with Clowney and the Browns. Um, obviously, the Ravens would like to have a veteran that you know that's like a Houston. Houston was a phenomenal mentor for sure. Uh, whereas Clowney in his last stop, I mean, he got cut early because he publicly criticized the organization. And he claimed that he felt like the coaches there were playing favorites to Miles Garrett and that they were really just trying to, you know, make him a Hall of Famer someday. And so he felt like, what's that? I would be playing favorites too if I were them. 
<laughs> He's a dog. Well, well, you play favorites based off of who's producing. He was making it sound like it was just, it had nothing to do with like, you know, on-field production or yeah. capabilities or any of that. And then, and then this is what's crazy is their defensive line coach had revealed that actually against the Ravens, a Ravens game, I believe on October 23rd, somewhere around there, uh, he said that Clowney refused to go in unless it was a third down situation. So things were obviously deteriorating. Yeah. Anyway, I bring that up. It's just something to like, you don't want to overreact to that. Obviously, when OBJ left the Browns, it was not under the best circumstances. And OBJ's like a completely different player. Like he's had a child. He's been completely mature. He's been nothing, but everybody's been singing his praises since he's been here. So I don't want to read too much into that. But but you're just coming off of a season like that. And I think that plays in a little bit more to the contract money and expectations and all that kind of stuff just because it, it wasn't the the best of terms to leave a team. Sure. Yeah. There's, there's no room for any of that this year. They don't have that kind of, yeah, there's, there's no wiggle room for the, the off the field stuff. The, you know, um, I don't want to call it toxic. It seems a little bit much, but drama. Let's go with that. Moving forward. John Harbaugh was asked about the latest on JK Dobbins, who is coming up on missing his first two weeks of training camp as he remains one of the two players on the pup list the physically unable to perform list. Here's Harbs on where things stand. Uh, of course, JK, that's in J, J, the ball's in JK's court. We have talked, we talked again yesterday. We had a great conversation. You know, I do expect him back very soon, but I don't have anything to say about it. It's all, it's up to JK. So hopefully that'll happen soon. John, I know this is looking pretty far ahead, but is there an issue with like putting in the sweat equity during this part of the season since you get rewards? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to talk about any specific player in that sense. But generally speaking, of course, you know, of course, generally speaking, you know, you want it to be a great player. You know, you need to put in the time and the effort and get with the team and and just get right. You know, and he wants to do that in his case. And that's why I kind of expect him back here pretty soon. Any any part of you think that they may have put in a, a few sweeteners in the deal based on on this conversation? Do you think anything's changed contractually behind the scenes? What's your feel? Really hadn't thought about that until you just mentioned it. Ah. I mean, if they wanted to, out of the goodness of their heart, you know, because again, JK has no leverage. Um, my initial thought was that, you know, it's it's him saying that today is just going along with what my what my theory has been for the last week or so, which is that, you know, he's trying to protect himself yeah. and um, that he would be ready to go week one. And um now, how far he was going to, how far he's going to push that versus what you just talked about, right? What he, what John Harbaugh just talks about there, which is like, you do need to get ready. You know, there is some sweat equity. You got to like, yeah. it, like if this was like a Greg Roman def offense again, then sure. Maybe he could skip all of camp. So maybe JK is just weighing out in his mind. How much of this is like, okay, how long can I protect myself without getting on the field and actually playing in this new offense with Todd Munkin. And I actually thought Melvin Gordon, when he got up and he was asked about the running back market and he's like, yeah, man, this, this stinks. He goes, I hate to say it though, but this is a passing league. There's not much running backs can do. Uh, he's like, we got three or four more years until the CBA is up. And so he said, until then he goes, I don't think he goes all this talk and this and that he goes, I don't think that's really going to help uh, move the running back market at all. He's like, the only thing we can do is go out there and ball. And so, you know, when you got a guy in there that, you know, is saying that, you know, 
it's just reality. It's the reality of the situation. Um, now, Gordon said that more generally speaking about the running back market, but when it came to J.K. Dobbins, he was much more like giving Dobbins the space to make his own decision as his own businessman. Got to respect that as the new guy, right? Uh, allowing the guy that's clearly been, you know, your, your number one over the last couple of years, aside from, from injury, do his thing, handle his business, and hopefully be back in the near future. What about Gus Bus kind of getting lost in the shuffle of, of this dramatic offseason when it comes to JK and his future? Well, Gus all of a sudden is gearing up for, gosh, one, two, three, four, five, his sixth. Am I counting that right? His sixth NFL season, crazy to believe, undrafted, uh, has not played a full season since 2020 because of that torn ACL that caused him to miss all of 2021 and then limited to just nine games last year. With all that said, he was asked where he is health-wise entering his sixth camp. Yeah, I feel great. I feel great. I've been practicing every single day. Um, didn't have to pull back not once, and um, I'm just building off of that. Yeah. But has it felt to, to be in that position, knowing how hard you worked over the last couple of years to get back to this? It's a, it's a blessing for real. Um, I had a lot of people around me that really helped me. Uh, shout out to the Raven organization for keeping me, you know what I mean, around and um, just giving me all the support that I need. And uh, it's been tough, but I'm back and I'm happy and I'm excited to see what this year brings. I can't wait to watch guys just bounce off him as he just rumbles and bumbles through. You know, he's just such a a freight train. I'm glad. I'm so glad he's healthy. The one-two punch of he and JK, we know can be one of the best in the league when they're healthy. And here's to them both being available on the backfield. I was asked if by a fan on Twitter, if I felt like the Ravens were going to keep four running backs because they did last year. Uh, but they, I felt like they did last year because there was so much uncertainty with both JK and Gus and their health. Yeah. But now with Gus saying he's a hundred percent, and I don't know if JK is 100%. He'll have to speak for himself. But we know he was getting pretty close at the end of last year. So you'd think he's you'd think he's pretty close to there. So uh, with Gus and JK back, I don't know why you would want to keep four on the roster. Um, yeah. Then you got Justice Hill back there. He's a big special teams guy, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. But what's funny is John Harbaugh today was raving about Melvin Gordon too. <laughs> so, yeah. and then also everybody's you know pulling for for uh, Keaton. So, but but uh, my early prediction is that they'll only keep three. And I also noticed Bobby how much love Gus Edwards got today. You know, if you watch that that press press conference live on YouTube, I mean everybody's gushing about him. I tweeted about that quote that we just showed. People were gushing about him. And I just think that they've kind of just for the time being fallen out of love with JK because of just, you know, this contract. But as soon as JK starts scoring touchdowns again and starts breaking them off, everybody will love him again too. And uh and it'll just be it'll just feel like everything's right in the world when both of these guys are on the field at the same time feeling good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gus is so incredibly likable. So we obviously wish him the best from a a health and an overall production standpoint as he enters the season. How about some practice notes? We'll get into a few things that we've combed through uh, based on what beat reporters had to say from Tuesday. Jonas Schaefer of the Baltimore Banner, ever reliable. Uh, Lamar Jackson had another good day passing. Again, this is what he put out on X, 18 for 25 unofficially in 11 on 11. No interceptions thrown, but the star was Odell Beckham Jr., who had probably Lamar's longest catch, a 40-yard bomb in seven-on-seven. OBJ has been the most efficient wide receiver in camp, and here's Harbs talking about the ramp-up as he kind of had to limit himself whatsoever given that, you know, last year was lost to the aftermath of that torn ACL recovery. He's he's right on on schedule. No, not really. I mean, I I feel like he... He's just kind of pushing himself as he feels fit, and it's pretty much been almost full steam ahead. You know, uh, last couple of days has been his you know most work, and he's probably had his best days. So you know, I think he's right on schedule, and he's just a worker. He likes football. He likes being around the guys. No different than the other guys. He's into it, you know, and you appreciate that. And Lamar had a chance to catch up with SiriusXM, a little one-on-one conversation. You know, the first question's got to be OBJ related. How well, about Odell? Yeah, Odell is. Does he and is he a politician in the huddle? Is he asking for the ball? No, he, he's not. You know, he's he's really cool. You know, um, he, he's just playing football. He having fun. You know, he's had time off. You know, he was injured and stuff, rehabbing. And man, he's he's that guy. Good. Well, how much extra work do you do you get with the new guys? Whether it's uh, Flowers, uh, whether well Aguilar's here too. Nelson Aguilar came over, and then you look at Odell. You know, uh, you know how much extra work does it take you to get their body mechanics down of when they're going to sink their ass to come out of a break or stuff like that? How much extra have you been doing? Uh, has that actually, been through the whole off season. Yeah, off season we was working. Um, okay. Zay um, Aguilar and OBJ came down to Florida, and we was working out on Good. my old youth football field. Um, that's remodeled, so it was like a. Like a NFL field, so it was it was pretty good. And you know, we built chemistry there and now we're here in camp and they're still stacking. OBJ's that guy. <laughs> yes, he is. He is that guy. And you can tell Lamar when he first started talking in the beginning of that, he was like ready to be like, I mean, it's it's kind of in the facial expressions for those of the audio only. It was yeah. just like, ooh, yeah, he's he this is good. You know, he's he's trying to keep it, you know, trying to keep it, you know, chill and not get too 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 high, but I mean, Lamar clearly loves him having on his team. And so Odell, um, according to to ESPN's Jamison Hensley, here's what he did on Tuesday to become the star. He says he not only returned to Ravens practice Tuesday, I mean, he somewhat left early, but it was because of a reps thing, according to to Harbaugh. He goes, but he was also the star of it. OBJ made a a one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone in one-on-ones. He then made a couple of grabs in team drills before pulling in a 40-yard pass from Lamar Jackson. And, Bobby, I believe, yeah, we've got that here. Let's pull that up here. It's just another fun one to watch. Uh, Lamar dropping back here for those that can't see it. I mean, that is a bomb. That is a good 40 yards. And 
boom, right there with, of course, who else? Marlon Humphrey. Let me back this up a little bit. Look at Marlon again right there. Like, it feels like every time we show these plays, Bobby, look at that. Marlon Humphrey is right there, and his hand's in the perfect position. Like, yeah, look, how, cool. like look at that coverage. This is, look at that coverage. Like, And this is what I love about um, these top plays to these wide receivers is it's like it's not like they've got, like, all this separation. Like, the one we showed yesterday with, with Air Nelly. I, I believe it was Ardarius Washington who was right there. Now look at this with with Marlon Humphrey. Like, how do you coach him to but do that do you, better? I guess he, he's starting to come out a little bit, but his hand is still right there. Odell Beckham Jr. is all concentration. Like it, it's unreal. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna ask, like, how did he create that last bit of separation? But he doesn't. <laughs> Marlon's there the entire time. So Man, to your point, right, in, in a tweet that you put out on Tuesday, gosh, these guys going head-to-head -head has been one of the more entertaining parts of training camp. It, it really is a treat. We've, we've talked about it. It's been well-documented since this went final and OBJ was brought in about their past when he was in Cleveland, in-game, the whole controversy, the spat, you name it. But they've really seemed to put that, you know, that small little encounter behind them. Maybe it wasn't small at the time. <laughs> but, but now it's all about, you know, competitive fire, iron sharpening iron. And man, I love it. It's a great battle day in and day out. And our guy, uh, Kadri Ishmael, who we're going to have back on the show um, tomorrow night because he was at practice today, Tuesday, and he'll be back out there Wednesday. So we wanted to get some more practice takeaways from him. But he uh, he quote tweeted this this right here that you have up on the screen for me. And Q says, uh, the practice quote tweeted, I'm trying to get over it too. He quote posted that, that post. And he said, the practices that I've attended Marlon straight up presses OBJ at the line of scrimmage each time Ooh. with neither one of them backing down from the other makes for some fun viewing. And I'll add another one. That's uh, sounds like it's been fun. Uh, I didn't see too much of it when I was out there, but Mark Andrews versus Kyle Hamilton, that seems to be one that's that's really really coming up. So uh, so great job by by both those guys there. They're only making each other better. And then one last note here from from practice. I don't know. Maybe some were were disappointed to see, but the wristbands have made it back out. There's Lamar Jackson reading it. You got who is that? Is that is Snoop. that Huntley right next to him? Yeah, that yeah, is Snoop. Okay. Yep. Yep. So so the wristbands are back. And, um, you know, Q was on the show when, when you were out with, on your birthday and he was sure to be like, listen, this is just the, the beginning. Like it's more of like a teaching technique from, from Todd Munkin saying, you know, it, because it's a new offense, he wanted to take away the wristbands so that they could just drink from a fire hose and test Lamar, test Snoops, test everybody to see how quickly they could engulf the the offense. And so Q made it clear. He's like, that doesn't mean that it's going to be gone all year or forever under Munkin. And we see that here that that the guys have it back. Cool. I love seeing Munkin off to the side, kind of barking orders, right? Lamar and, and Snoop are, are sort of working in unison with one another. It's cool to see the operation of a new scheme literally being installed, you know, as we speak. 
instead of just talking about it, we're actually seeing it. We're seeing like the, you know, the recognition that comes with it when you're trying to like, I guess it's like a cognitive thing, right? Like where you're, where you're trying to learn this terminology and sometimes you have the wristband as a crutch and sometimes, sometimes you don't. Entertainment wise as well, obviously, as we've mentioned, has been a fun part of camp with all the kids and fans that are coming out. And as you can see here for our YouTube folks, Lamar and OBJ literally touched the hands of every single kid that was lined up along the fence at one winning drive. This is the stuff we don't really put a price tag on for these guys. A lot of number eight jerseys, a lot of number three jerseys starting to pop up for Odell. So a couple of cool moments there. Just had a few other quick hits as well before we we close out. <laughs> Lamar's tweet, I kind of got a kick out of this. I don't even know if I told you I was bringing in this to the stream, but <laughs> 6.41 p.m. August 8th, Lamar tweets, I'm nice, not sweet. Hashtag never get it twisted. I don't know what prompted that, but that's hilarious. I have no clue what prompted that. I do know that I feel like Mark Andrews calls a lot of people a sweetheart. And I'm like, is that the right word for, for football players? Um, It's funny. I I don't get offended by it or or anything. I, I don't know what Lamar means by this. I will say that like, I feel like I'm an, I'm a, I'm generally a nice person, but I would not call myself sweet. Like to me, sweet is like, I I don't know a little bit. It's just a little bit more flowery. I don't think not, I wouldn't say Pat to me. It's like more of like flowery. It's, it's like a, um, and I'm not flowery. I'm pretty, I'm pretty blunt and to the point, as you know, <laughs> we have production meetings and all that kind of stuff, but I also don't think I'm a jerk or whatever. I do try to be nice, you know? So I, I don't know what Lamar means by it, but to me, that's, that's what it means by it. But a lot of times people say, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. Kind of like you can, you can, um, yeah thinking that you could take advantage of people. So I don't know if that's what he means there. I I don't know. To me, that's just how I took it. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not a sweet personality, but I am nice. Was it, was there one more quick hit that you wanted to share about a job? So, well, I just got, we got two more quick hits. We'll wrap up. So obviously John Harbaugh confirmed that Trayvon Mullen, who's Lamar Jackson's cousin, the cornerback, he's having toe surgery. So it could very well be a season ender. I mean, Harbaugh didn't want to say for sure, for sure that was going to be, but that's the way it looked. Um, And then um, Arthur Mollett, he's dealing with a sore hamstring, very typical of DBs. And then finally, Ryan Meek did this this in-depth story on David Ojabo, and I just liked his teaser. You can go read the whole thing, but I liked his teaser that the way Ojabo, because again, he didn't get into football until very late uh, in, in basically his high school and um, his high school years, he was living in Scotland and he wanted to come out to America and give it a try. So he reached out to coach Saylor, who's the, who was the head coach at Blair Academy in New Jersey. That's where Odafe Owe was going to school. So <laughs> this is what the tweet says, coach Saylor. My name is David Ajabo. I'm stronger, faster, tougher than Odafe. Do you mind if I do you mind if I try playing football? <laughs> so that's the way Ojabo's football career started. And uh, you know, thanks to to Odafe always showing him the way, but I love how he introduced himself to 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 his head coach. Those two dudes are gonna forever be linked and and hopefully they have you know long and promising careers here in Baltimore. And and David bursts on the scene this year as he's expected to do, and Odafe breaks through as he's sort of been scratching and clawing to do over his first couple seasons in the NFL. 
As always, it's that time where we get to thank a couple of our returning patrons who are supporting what we're doing on a monthly basis through Patreon. So shout out Big Fesh 927 and Anise. We appreciate you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And gosh, we get it often through emails. Again, you can always email us at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. But I feel like, you know, whether it's tweets, DMs, emails, folks this time of year are wondering how you can support us. And the way that you can, we feel it's, it's as affordable as it makes sense for us to do. And that's through Patreon. So, uh, you know, it ranges from $1.99 to $4.99, all the way up to $49.99. If maybe you're a small business owner in Baltimore or somewhere outside of Baltimore, and maybe you want a little bit of an extra boost uh, from an advertising standpoint, or maybe just brand awareness is something you're looking into. All of that, we have some great options that you can find on patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast. So as Sarah mentioned earlier on, we will have Q join us for Thursday's morning vault. So looking forward to having him back on the show. He's been out at camp the last couple of days. So always, always obviously cherish his perspective for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this. Gosh, what is it? Wednesday morning vault edition. It's been a crazy week so far in Orioles land as I kind of try to balance of both content plans. Sarah, thanks for your patience. Uh, goes without saying, but uh, we will talk to you next time again on um, on Thursday morning with Kadri here inside the vault. <laughs> <laughs>